Husker Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com. Hi, Britton. Hey, Matt. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm doing well. Good. You got anything to show me? Uh, Maybe, I think there's three houses on the market at the moment. I'll take them all. Let's do it. And then our days on market will be zero and our month's supply of inventory will be zero and we will be go done. On, go on vacation <laughs> for the rest of the year. So when uh, when a buyer wants to buy something, obviously they want to see it. And if they don't see it in an open house, they're probably going to see it at a private showing. So maybe you could help our, our listeners understand how that happens. So as you said, a lot of a lot of our buyers here in San Francisco are conditioned to basically you want to see a house, you see it on Saturday or Sunday during an open house. But if you're going to be out of town or um, otherwise occupied on the weekend, we'll usually make an appointment to take a client to see a place during the week. And that's usually an appointment with the listing agent because we have very few houses in this market that are um, on lockbox where the key is stored in the lockbox and you can go see the house at any time. But we're not a lockbox market. There's kind of some uh, urban legends about why we're not a lockbox market. We'll leave those for another time. But suffice it to say that at any given time, you might be able to see maybe I'm going to just ballpark it. 15% of our city's inventory is on lockbox. Yeah. And and honestly, it's generally not the 15% that you want to see. It's generally listed by out of area agents or other people phoning it in. Yeah. Um, Not always. Not not always. always. Uh, So there's essentially two ways that that you'll, we'll do a private showing with the buyer either. We will have set up a, uh, an appointment in advance and the listing agent's going to be there, or there is kind of the off chance that it's going to be on lockbox and it's going to be vacant and it's just going to be us showing our buyer. So one of the sketchiest showings that I've ever had happened to be a property that was on lockbox. And um, my client actually knew the um, the people who were selling. It was a very, very nasty divorce. And he he knew them. I don't even know how he knew these guys, but so um, I got the the lockbox code from the listing agent. This was back in the day before everything was electronic. And we go in, and it was a, it's a it was a townhouse where you walked in on the top floor. The way it was built down the side of a hill, so you walk in on the top floor, and that's the level where the kitchen, living, and dining rooms were. And then um, wait, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, you walked in there, and then there was one level up that had a bedroom, and one level down that had a bedroom. And so we walk in on the middle level and um, we're like, God, what is that smell? Because there was this very pungent smell. And my client happened to know that they had this humongous German shepherd. And so we thought, God, is it just like a really nasty dog smell or what is it? And so we look around and we go downstairs to to see the bedroom downstairs. And there is a bedroom that has... I'm not exaggerating. It's probably 200 lit candles and that's not good. Totally weird because the room was full of lit candles, you know, big candles, little candles. And it's supposed to be like a vacant property with no one there. (laughs) So we were just like, okay, this, and we were thinking, well, it, what, anyhow, we just thought this is completely strange. And I thought, and I was getting out my phone, getting ready to call the listing agent to be like, are you aware that that your listing could potentially burn down? And as we go back upstairs, it hit us that what that smell was that had just hit us smack in the face when we walked in, it was natural gas. 
the gas was open on the fireplace. It had a gas starter. And when we walked back up the stairs, the smell, like we, we both identified it at the exact same time. And then we heard, you know, the gas starter in the fireplace, you can hear the, but it wasn't lit. It was just, just, just releasing gas. gas in a house where there were 200 lit candles. And as we were, we were just like, okay, we're out of here. And we went out the front door, but the, and the way it was, there was this little room off to the right of the front door that we hadn't gone in. And when we were walking back to the front door, we saw off to the side, there was a guy passed out on a little love seat in there. And we're like, okay, this guy's trying to kill himself. And, but, you know, we just wanted to get out before the house blew up. And so we were like, hey, hey, wake up, wake up. And the guy just, we didn't even know maybe he was, I mean, seriously. Did you know if he's alive at that point, yeah, right? Yeah. We didn't know if maybe he had something horrific had already happened. So we run out and we, I called the listing agent and I said, you know, I just want you to know I'm about to call 911. And he's like, oh, can you go back in and try to wake him up? <laughs> and, and I said, I'm going to leave that to the, um, and I, maybe, and you know what it was, I was calling a listing agent and my client was calling 911 because we obviously, you know, we wanted to conquer. Let's, yeah. 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 So yeah, of course. I mean, we wouldn't have called 911 <laughs> second. Yeah. Duh. And so we stayed and, um, the guy was not dead. Thank goodness. I mean, we got across the street in case the house blew up, but, um, yeah, very scary. And they, they took the guy away in a psych hold. And, um, he had, I mean, that was the last we ever heard of it, but yeah, when the listing agent went said, can you go back in and try to wake him up? Oh my goodness. So, uh, when you sign a listing agreement, it's kind of like, well, I'm going to sell your house and other duties as necessary. I don't really think of that as kind of being one of those other duties as yeah. necessary. God. So that, that was, that was one of the scarier things I've put up with in real estate. Yeah. My, my story just pales in comparison to that one. I don't even want to follow that story. So I, I feel like we should just have you keep going because you've got a, another awesome, I don't know if it's awesome, but there's another story where you never even made it out of the office. So that, yeah, that was, it was back um, when I was fairly new, I'd say probably in my first year or two in real estate. And it's, I was um, doing what's called floor time where if and floor time in real estate is when someone either phones in or walks in okay. and asks for help with, um, you know, oh, can I, 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 I'm looking for an agent to show me a property or I'm looking for someone to sell my property. Floor time is when you sit around and wait for something to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good way to describe it. So it's my turn on floor time. And this guy walks into the office and he says, I want to buy a house. And, and our lovely office manager. Red said, flag number one. <laughs> yeah. And. Our lovely office manager um, introduced me to him and he pulls out um, this stack of sheets that he's torn out of the Real Estate Times magazine. And he said, well, I want to see this one and this one and this one and let's go see them right now. And the Real Estate Times pretty much doesn't exist anymore. If it does, it's kind of like a, a brochure. It's a much thinner version of its previous self. Let's yeah. say that. It used it, to be a pretty robust publication. but And then it had gastric bypass. <laughs> <laughs> so even back then, most times um, that something, that a property was in the Real Estate Times, many times it had already sold by the time the magazine came out because it, you know, there was... Print lead times were months. Yeah. yeah. But 
Um, so I sat down with him at a computer and I said, here's what we can do. I said, we can see if any of these are available. And I, and I said, you know, you'll notice that none of these have addresses on them. So we'll see. And then he said, oh, I want to go see some today. And I'd already decided I wasn't going to leave the office with this person because he was just weird. And um, our office manager came up and she said in her lovely voice, Britton, may I see you over here for just a moment? And she pulled me into a conference room and she said, you are not leaving the office with that man. He's going to kill you. <laughs> and I said, yes, dear. I know I'm not leaving the office with him. And um, I mean, I, I just wanted to spend a few minutes with him and look at properties on the computer and see if my weird feeling went away. And it didn't. And I just sort of sent him on his way and I never saw him again. So how did you? Do you remember how you sent him on his way? I think I just told him, you know, he was pretty insistent about going to see properties today. And I just said, no, I, you know, no, that's not how it works. I said, because it's not a lockbox market. We need appointments and, you know, this takes some time to set up. So no. And I think I, um, I probably, if I remember correctly, I think I sort of ticked him off and he, um, he took off. Yeah. And, you know, one of my, it's only vaguely related, but as you're telling this story and, and telling this person to, to have a nice day, it reminds me of what our managing, our first managing broker said, which was, you're not a real estate agent or you're not really a realtor until you fire your first client. And it's because at that point you, you understand your, your worth and you know that there are some people you're going to work with and some that you're not. And it's okay to say no to some of those people. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember she told me, but I, there were some clients who wanted to write an offer and we sat down and every question out of their mouths was, well, how do we get out of it? When can we get out of it? When can we get out and cancel and get our deposit back? And after probably 30 minutes of that, I just closed the folder because that's when we did things on paper. I closed the folder and I said, we're not doing this offer. And they said, oh, but we want to. And I said, no, you don't. <laughs> and I said, because if all you're doing is asking me how you can get out of buying the house, you're not, you don't want to buy this house. So yeah, and I didn't, I mean, I didn't do it meanly or anything because that isn't productive, but. No, and actually that's kind of really interesting. And we can kind of maybe wrap up on this note, which is because, you know, we work on commission, um, buyers and sellers can kind of come with very preconceived notions about how much of our time they should get or how they should interact with us. And it's almost like, you know, people are afraid to come to us or like, Oh, I, I don't want to bother you. Cause I, I think this or that. And it's interesting, like in those situations, like sometimes people know they're not going to buy and they've already decided, but they feel badly that they've spent a bunch of time with us. And so then they kind of feel like, well, maybe I'll just pretend and go through with the offer and then I don't get it. And then I'm off the hook. Right. You know, cause I wasn't the one and it's, it's okay. Right. It's, we have plenty of, of people that, that don't buy houses, um, you know, it's part of the job. It's, it, it is what it is. Never, you know, I guess what I'm really trying to say here is never be afraid to be just direct with the person you're working with. Absolutely. So, and if you don't want to buy the house, like don't write the offer <laughs> with the intent of getting out. Absolutely. Words to live by. And, uh, have you ever gone into another showing that had a, an, an open gas starter? Absolutely not. That story is just amazing. Yeah. And I mean, to this day, I don't know how two fully functioning human beings did not realize that that was a gas smell when we walked in. It was so weird. It's we, amazing you're not dead. I, I, mean, I know. That, that's, yeah. I mean, if, if gas sank instead of, because gas rises, right? Or maybe it, it even just stays level. All but, I know is that they add like sulfur smell to it so you can smell it. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember it, its weight. Yeah. I mean, but, and what's weird, since the house was not, 
occupied, the windows were all closed. And so eventually that house would have filled up with gas. I would imagine, you know, it eventually would have to, I don't know, I could be making that up. But yeah, with 200 candles lit in the bedroom, not too far from that gas fireplace, something bad would eventually have happened. Lighter than air, natural gas, methane, should not be confused with liquefied petroleum gas, called LP, liquid propane. Liquefied petroleum gases are all heavier than air and will collect in low places when not confined. Well, it was natural gas. It wasn't, is that what that is? I mean, it's, this was like whatever the natural gas supply is from the city. Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't be... Um, it's not propane. No, because that, yeah. So boom, there you have it. it That's it why sinks. you're alive. No, uh, uh Natural gas rises, but like the propane you get from those, like to, to power your grill, yeah. that apparently sinks. Oh my God. Wow. It's the reason I'm alive. Reason you're alive. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. That's a walk down memory lane. <laughs> Escrow Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com. Wow.